the Speak Up podcast. I'm Mabel. And I'm Ben. And today we invited two guest speakers, Guilin as well as Gan, to discuss today's topic, the importance of quality education. So welcome to the show, guys. Before we begin, Hello. I understand you guys are Toastmasters. And for the benefit of our listeners, what is a Toastmaster? All right, I'll start first. Uh, Toastmasters International is an international organization based in the USA. And what the Toastmaster Club will do is, it is a club of people who will come together and practice public speaking skills as well as evaluation skills. And from there, a person can develop not only leadership, public speaking skills, they will learn different skills like connection skills and get to know other people who are in this realm. It is developed all the way from 1930s. And me personally, I've been a Toastmasters for two years now and it's been an amazing journey for me. Yeah, as for me, I think Toastmaster is actually a safe platform for people who are eager to improve their public speaking skill to yeah, a safe platform for them because public speaking is not something that can be learned by reading a textbook like math and science. It requires lots of practice. So to, unfortunately, we don't get that many chances at college to give a speech, right? So I think this is the reason Toastmaster exists. It provides a safe and friendly environment for people to practice their public speaking skill. Yeah. So we know you two actually learned some public speaking skills, but do you think you learned more when you joined Toastmasters? Or like, did you gain more skills than you would have thought you would have gained after joining the club? For me, yes, definitely. Because before I joined Toastmasters, I was this very shy, very introverted person. But ever since Toastmasters came, what we have to do in every meeting is we are forced, not to like force, but we have to socialize and get to know people. And when people enter the club, how do we approach them? How do we start conversations and how to keep conversations going? And I learned so much there coming from a person who wouldn't even dare to ask for help or feel hesitant to talk to even my friends. Ever since Toastmaster, like right now, currently, I can just go up to any strangers and strike up a conversation. And it's been so meaningful for me. And the relationships, the friendships that I forged along my way being in a Toastmasters club really helped me open up and just found so much meaning in my extracurricular life in university. Yeah, I agree with Berlin because there are a lot of interesting people in the club. So in a sense, we don't only learn by giving a speech, we also learn from their speech. So kind of like a, an environment which we can learn from each other. Yes. Oh, this is actually a really great warm-up session, but you know what we all came here for? Let's get to the juicy part, the questions. So we all know that COVID-19 has forced schools around the world to turn to remote learning to teach lessons. But how do you envision the future of education with remote learning? The future in remote learning, if this prolongs further, I would foresee that it will come to a forced urbanization because with remote learning, technology is very important. Every household has to have multiple laptops for children to be able to learn through an online platform. And that comes urbanization. That way, technology develops quicker and 
economy potentially develops quicker as well. And that how it may be a good thing because children will learn more about technology. They will learn how to maneuver the computer better, even though that's a good thing, but there comes a downside to it as well. With online learning, with the rapid urbanization, it adds stress onto families. There'll be financial burdens and with everything through social media, through the technology platforms, I'm sure mental health would be affected as well. So as well as the good side of it, that's also the bad side of it. Children will learn more technology skills as opposed to social skills. So for me in this view, that's a pros and cons to it. Oh yeah, I agree with Berlin because like for, for nowadays, if you have a laptop, then you can attend a class already. So I think after this pandemic, a lot of people will have realized that, hey, I don't actually need to go to a physical school to learn something because a lot of things can be done online, such as lecture, tutorial, and also even examination. So I think while COVID-19 is an unfortunate event, it actually boosts the online education trend. So before this pandemic, a lot of prestigious universities like Harvard and MIT, they already have their online courses on Coursera or edX. But um, because of this COVID-19, the trend has been like, the whole world has adapted this trend. So I believe that online learning will be a new education trend in the future. Yeah. Yes. These are some really um, interesting perspectives. Benjamin, do you have your own question? Uh, yes, I do actually. Uh, Guilin actually raised a very interesting point that's about, about, about the financial burdens of financial burden of actually, um, of actually being able to fund the fund your ability to, um, let's just say, have Wi-Fi or have a laptop. Does this mean to say that remote learning, um, by its very nature, is already confined to a very exclusive, uh, social economic group? Yes, I believe that because not everyone can afford good internet quality. Not everyone can afford multiple laptops, especially when a family has so many children, you know? So yes, that will definitely add stress to the financial burden, as well as adding on to the economy that's not doing very well right now. We are heading towards a recession. Yeah, that wouldn't do well. And that adds stress onto the mental health of families in general and you know if this prolongs further this will force urbanization and you know maybe somehow the government can step in to help but yeah it, it's quite a stressful time right now for some families but you know we can't really totally eliminate that but yeah these are some people that are facing this right now and I personally think that it should spread awareness that some people are facing this yeah people should know about this that this is happening right now and we can do something about that that was a very, very interesting perspective and thank you for thank you for your answer Gandhi if uh, perhaps if any response as well yeah, I totally think that because um, because of this digitalization, so it, 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 it kind of forces people to 
yeah, you have to have a good laptop. You have to have good internet connection. It definitely adds up burden to it. But another point of view is that perhaps it's a good thing in the future because as as those digital devices become more common, um, companies might start to make um, more affordable devices, and the internet might be even more com- affordable for people to purchase it. Yeah. Well, it, well, as I, as I like to say, there's nothing like uh, there's nothing like disaster or war to um, boost technological progress. Sometimes, it, well, like the pandemic, this change is unwelcome. The circumstances are unwelcome, but we have to admit that the change is good. It's for the better. But also, I also like to direct maybe just for the both of you. Personally, have you enjoyed um, on your online learning? Yeah, for me, I really do enjoy it because I'm so blessed to have a great internet connection that I I'm able to enroll into online classes easily, and I can choose the timing of whenever I want to go into class because all the classes are recorded and I really appreciate the flexibility that it gave me. Yeah, I think we uh, all agree with that. Yes. <laughs> uh, for, for me, I love it, but I like compared to what Berlin did, I did a lot more a level up. So since all the lectures are recorded, so I kind of watch all the videos in a times two speed. So which means I can finish a two-hour lecture in one-hour time. So with that, plus the fact that I don't have to travel like back and forth the college because I spent around two hours before this to travel to the college and then travel back to my home, I kind of actually save a lot, a lot of time. Um, but one consequence is that um, for the first three months, I actually enjoy it. But after that, I kind of feel sad and depressed already because the lack of social social interaction like talking to friends, talking to lecturer, they actually affect me emotionally by a bit because I have to stay in the room for seven to eight hours per day and without talking to anyone. And that definitely have affected my mental health. Yes, that's a good and bad side of it. That's a very interesting perspective. In fact, I just I was I happened to be reading an article, well, what sorry, watching a video by Bloomberg. And they were saying that a study by the, they, 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 they cited a study done in China of a thousand people who mm-hmm. did um, online work, well, not, not online working, but they actually went, went to offices. So while many, people, well, many of the people in that study actually enjoyed it, 90% of the people in, the, in that survey actually would prefer to go to the office. And it seems like the trend for the office, in terms of the office, is that um, the office is a place of collaboration. It's a, so that companies, it's, it's not, not, not going to be a place where people, companies are going to just spend thousands of dollars just to sit and, uh, and employ in their chair. It's going, it's, more, it's going to evolve into a place where companies provide the resources for their employees to be productive and to be happy. Mm-hmm. So who knows, maybe this, maybe it may easily evolve to see maybe our schools change that way. But that's it. But thank you very much, Willen and Gan, for your perspective. Um, maybe we can move on to our second question. So, um, in Malaysia, the number of unemployed graduates has increased over the years, going from 145,800 in 2016 to 
170,319. That's a very big jump. Um, there are many speculations as to why that is the case, but um, Malaysia's human resource deputy minister, Awang Hashim, credits this to the lack of soft skills among graduates as well as their uh, selective nature. Do you agree with this assessment? For me, yes, I completely agree with this statement because, for example, if a student is 100% focused on academic and doesn't do anything else, and that person naturally will be pretty close off, in my opinion. And these people who did not venture in soft skills or other skills out there and just only focus to one skill, they naturally will not be willing to go out there to explore as opposed to those who are willing to try out new things because if in a university setting you are open to joining different clubs different society for example you're joining toastmasters club you're joining an isaac club you will learn so many skills and naturally when you go into the job market you will have that versatility with that set of skills that you have in your hands. And that way you are open to receiving different types of jobs that come to you with those opportunities. That way you won't be so hard-headed and closed off and only think you only have one path. But in reality, with these soft skills that you have in your hands and the opportunities to gain all these soft skills, it will open your chances and you yourself will be willing to go out there and find out these opportunities and accept them when the time is right. Yeah, that's well, from me. Since Berlin has talked about soft skills, and I would be focusing on the selective part in which the question is, is our generation more selective when it comes to um, choosing a job? I think I definitely agree with that. We are definitely more selective. But there's a reason why this happened. Because think about it, in our previous generation, like the older generation, as well as people have a job, even a job that they hate, they will be satisfied because their main goal is to feed the family. Like think about it, a lot of our grandparents, they actually experienced the World War II in which they don't have enough food. They, they, they hardly survive. So for them, the main goal is to feed their family. But for the current generation, especially us, we are very lucky. Our parents actually gave us a lot of things that we want. Therefore, we have a different thoughts about job. Yes, money is still important. It helps us to raise our family. But finding a career that we love is even more important. Uh, think about it. We have to work for 40 years. So why work on a job that you hate? So therefore, I think it's understandable for us, the current generation, to be more selective when it comes to finding a job. I think that explains why the unemployment rate rises in Malaysia. Yeah, that's my view of it. Do you think uh, that the consequence of having a really, like having more freedom in, the, in choosing your future career or your future employment is, it's really also messes up with the environment that these young graduates grew up in. So a lot of these graduates, I would assume, they grew up in a really stringent type of environment in which they are told that their academia is really important. 
but at the same time, they're being bombarded with all of these messages that they have all freedom now because technology has given much more autonomy to many people. And so do you think like these two clashing of confusion in these many young graduates, which is contributing to their unemployment? Um, I think it's, it's kind of like a balance. Yes, we do have the chance, the opportunity to choose the job we want to be in. We have a lot of freedom. We don't have to worry about a lot of things, but we also have to have a balance while we have a choice, but we also have to, even if we can't find a job that we really like, like we have to satisfy with the one that um, we don't like that much so that at least we can feed ourselves, we can feed our family and we won't be unemployed and staying at home all the time because the reason of, oh, I can't find a job that, job that I like. So yeah, it's about balancing, I think. Mm. Do you have anything to add to that? Personally, I think ultimately it all comes down to what means the most to you. For some people, their family means a lot to them. And for other people who does not have a family to feed, maybe their own passion, they put their passion first before money. So in that way, they value what they enjoy more as opposed to what give them more money. So yeah, up at the end of the day, the decision is up to the individual and what means the most to them. Wow, that was a very good answer. Thank you, Builin and Gan. So uh, let's move on to perhaps our last question for, for this episode. So do you feel that the current way we are educating children prepares them for the needs of the 21st century? Big topic. The current way of education, for me, I've experienced being brought up <clears throat> in a Chinese government school. And in that setting, they prioritize academic above everything else and they reward you for being quiet and it's usually the quietest kid in class who is the most well behaved the most liked by the teachers so that kind of trains students to be followers as opposed to leaders and what i find about malaysian education system it is it is very academic based for me personally, that's not a 100% a bad thing. That's not all bad. That's good that come out of it as well. It's We will come out of it having very good hard skills, our knowledge. But for me, it's not all that bad and it's not all that good because soft skills are very important as well. Aside from our academy, students have to learn how to learn how to be leaders as well, to have all these leadership skills and communication skills. Yeah, that, that way our education system can look into that as well. So we will bring up and foster a batch of generation that will be good at entrepreneurship, leadership, and in a way it creates a brighter future for the upcoming generation as well. Well, from my point of view is that I, I can see that there are a lot of people who are trying to put an effort to improve our current education system, especially in the government school. So I, I was also studying in a government school and I noticed a flaw in which, right, when you turn 16, you, are, you would be entering either the science stream, the art stream, or either the business stream. And 
usually what's the trend is that the smart guy will be assigned to be in the science stream and then the not so smart one will be in the art stream and the social one will be assigned to the business stream. So I feel like this is a flaw in our education system because they tend to categorize students into different interests based on how good they perform in the exam instead of encourage them to do what they are actually interested in. So I might be smart, but I might not like chemistry. I might enjoy economics or even business. So even if I'm doing business now, that doesn't mean that I'm not a smart guy. So I don't, in a sense, I don't think our education system has successfully helped us to find what our passion is when we are in the secondary schools. And I think this one, this is the problem that we have to address so that we can produce um, more, a smarter, more passionate students. Yep. Would you say that, that the way the education system can really improve from either in a small way is to encourage more of these kids to go for career paths or go for their passions instead of just going for stuff that their grades dictate them, dictate them they should do? I think one of the things that schools can do nowadays would be to utilize the, the final year, like the end of the year's holiday to organize some fun activities such as um, some work, workshop or some camp that can help us to explore what their interest is before they enter, like say form four, before they choose their stream. So that would be some fun activities that I think schools can do to help their students to discover what they like. Because honestly, a lot of my friends, they, like, they don't really know what to do after they finish their SPM. So they just pick their degree based on what their parents said, which I think is not, is not a good solution for the future. Because I think a lot of people excel in, the, in their studies because they really feel passionate about it. So I think, yeah, that's the one thing that schools can do nowadays. Um. Okay, this is coming from the perspective of a Singaporean. Um, would you say that that the that the the low that the lack of English like that the low levels of English in Malaysia in general? Would you say, or am I making an assumption that that's um, because of the low levels of English proficiency, um, Malaysian graduates may not be as competitive in the international market? When it comes to seeking employment in other companies or abroad. Yes, I believe that the English language plays a very important role in employability as well, especially when it comes to international companies, because if you are proficient in English, you are able to go up there and present yourself internationally as well as nationally. And you will adopt that natural confidence to assert yourself because you are so fluent in that language and not everyone in this country has that. And not everyone is brave enough to just step up there and speak up to learn that language that hasn't been taught to them since young. Yeah, I think it is very important English language is prioritized from a very young age in children. And we can invest in the education system to prioritize English more in addition to other languages like Malay and Chinese in schools. So that was a really, really insightful 
helpful answer, but unfortunately we've run out of time and we'll now have to bring our session to a close. Thank you, Gan and Braylin, for being here today and sharing your knowledge with us. And I'm sure the audience is also really appreciative of your knowledge as well. So we still have another episode, which will review the past two episodes and discuss STEM education as well. So I hope to see you all there in episode three of Speak Up Podcast. Adios.